0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge podcast. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I deem necessary. Now, I want to start this week with... Going back into in-person play means dealing with personalities, I'm not going to get into any names, but a buddy of mine was playing FNM, got into a pod with somebody who is known to be very manipulative at the table, and ended up losing to him after the guy was whining about being targeted. There's not really much you can do about that. That person's personality is not going to change. And the best advice I can give you is the advice I gave him. If you're sitting at the table with that guy, just take him out first. That's the best way to deal with people like that. But now to piggyback on to that topic, we get to talk about my LGS. Because back to in-person play... And while I'm not going every week, I am making an effort to go every other week. And a big part of that is my LGS recently moved. They are still in Hamburg, New York, but they are no longer on Pike Street. They're now at 4751 Southwestern Boulevard in Hamburg, New York. And I cannot stress enough how awesome their new space is. Even though they're still in the middle of building it, it is amazingly bigger. There's so much more room. It was a converted garage, uh, like machine shop at one point, so it has like the big bay doors. And playing at F and M, we just rolled open the doors to let a breeze in and it was amazing. So I just want to throw out there, if you are in the greater Buffalo area or western New York area, in my case, just give them a a nice little, you know, check them out. And yeah, that's... That's about it for that. I do know some of the things he's working on is setting up like a stream room and a play area for streamers and eventually some of our streams might be done from there in person. But we're still uh, months away from even thinking about stuff like that. But yeah, just this short little update in the beginning, and then I will be right back with the rest. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me... You can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks, but that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And welcome back now for this part. We're going to go into a small deck tech About treasures There has been more treasure commanders coming out recently But I got the question of why didn't I build prosper? And my answer to that was It was too broken. Now what do I mean by that? I mean when people see Prosper, they're going to start going after the person playing Prosper. So instead, I built Kalein. Kalein Reclusive Painter is a black and a red for a 1-2 human elf bard. When Kalein enters the battlefield, create a treasure token and other creatures you control enter the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on them for each mana from a treasure spent to cast them. It's not as scary looking as Prosper and we just kinda leaned into making tokens and, you know, big old creatures. So let's start with, uh, let's just start with tokens, right? Going off first, we have big score. Three and red it's an instant as an additional cost you discard a card, but you draw two cards create two treasure tokens and then we have it's uh, Functional clone for two and a red it sees the spoils the only difference is you only create one treasure token, but you still discard a card to draw two Unexpected Windfall is 2 red red for an instant with, as an additional cost, discard a card, draw 2, create 2 treasures. And then Grim Bounty is 2 black black for destroy target creature or planeswalker and create a treasure token at sorcery speed. But when we look at treasures, especially in these colors... uh. Well, first off, everybody just thinks about Academy Manufacturer. Three generic mana for a 1-3. Artifact creature assembly worker. If you would create a clue, food, or treasure token, instead you create one of each. Yeah, that card... I'm surprised it hasn't jumped as much as I thought it was going to at this point. But, uh, moving on we have our grim hireling three and a black for a three two tiefling rogue whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player create two treasure tokens and you can pay a black and sacrifice x treasure tokens target creature gets minus x minus x till to turn activate only as a sorcery the thing i love about this is if you hit multiple target well multiple players you're going to get multiple instances of those two treasures Glittering Stockpile is 2 and a red. It is an artifact treasure. You can tap it to add red and then you put a stash counter on it and you can tap it and sacrifice the stockpile to add X mana of any one color where X is the number of stash counters on Glittering Stockpile. Captain Lannery Storm is 2 and a red for a 2-2 human pirate with haste. Whenever she attacks you make a treasure and whenever you sacrifice a treasure Lannery gets plus one plus zero till end of turn. Um, yeah, then there's just kind of. Uh, well, I guess the last one I want to talk about with treasure creation is Hoarding Ogre. Uh, it's three and a red for a 3 3 Ogre. When it attacks, you roll a d20. On one to nine, you make a treasure token. On 10 and 19 you make two treasure tokens and on a 20 you make three treasure tokens. So base average you're most likely going to make two treasures whenever he attacks. Uh, But then we pair that up with stuff like Zorn. Two and a red for a 3-2 elemental. If you would create one or more treasure tokens instead you create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. Uh, Gadric the Crown Scourge is 2 and red for a 5-4 dragon with flying. Can't attack unless you control 4 more artifacts. And at the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died this turn. Right, I think that gets through the bulk of treasure creators. And let's move a little more into the combo-y side of things. And that's going to start with Magda Brazen Outlaw. One in red for a 2-1 Dwarf Berserker. Other Dwarves get plus one plus zero. Okay. Whenever a Dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token and then sack five treasure tokens to search your library for an artifact or dragon card. Put that card onto the battlefield and then shuffle your library. So the main goal is to play her when we already have five treasures and immediately sack them to get her best friend. Maskwood Nexus. 4-mana artifact. Creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. You can pay 3, tap it, and make a 2-2 blue shapeshifter creature token with Changeling. So, with those two cards on the battlefield, everything we control is a dwarf and a dragon. So, whenever we attack, we make... X Tokens, which is just the amount of attacking creatures we control, and then we can use that to go get stuff like the Ozolith. Uh, Single mana, Legendary Artifact, whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, you put the counters on the Ozolith. And then at the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto that creature. Or we can get, you know, the only actual dragon in the deck, Terror of the Peaks. 3 red red for a 5-4 dragon with flying spells your opponents cast that target Terror of the Peaks costs an additional 3 life to cast. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. But if we're going to talk about tutoring in the deck, because the deck does have some tutors because we're leaning on combos in here we have stuff like Vergoth, blood sky sire two and a black for a two three with demon rogue with death touch it has boast for one in a black target player searches their library for a card then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it we have raziketh the foul-blooded 5 black, black, black for an 8-8 eight, eight demon with flying trample and pay 2 life, sacrifice another creature to search your library for a card and put that card into your hand and then shuffle your library. And then the main win conditions are going to be aggravated assault, it's a 2 and a red for an enchantment that you can pay 3 red, red to untap all creatures you control and after this phase... There's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. Play this ability only any time you could play a sorcery. Or we can go for the ever popular Kiki combo. Kiki-Jiki Mirror Breaker. Two Red 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 for a 2-2 Goblin Shaman with Haste. And you can tap it to put a token that's a copy of target non-legendary creature you control onto the battlefield. That token has haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And we pair that up with Zealous Conscripts. 4 and a red for a 3-3 human warrior with haste. When Zealous Conscripts enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent until end of turn. Untap that permanent it gains haste until end of turn. So the way this works you play Kiki Jiki. You tap it to make a copy of something. You play Zealous Conscripts. Untap Kiki Jiki. Tap Kiki Jiki. Make a copy of Zealous Conscripts. Untaps Kiki Jiki. Tap Kiki-Jiki, make another copy of Zealous Conscripts. This is an infinite combo that gives you the ability to swing out with however many Zealous Conscripts you want. Uh, And then our backup to that is a Mirage Mirror because it can become a copy of any one piece of that combo. And that's kind of it. That's my take on Rakdos tokens. Well, treasure tokens. And yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. So I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.